20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Happy Divisional Playoff Day, Packers fans. It's the Pack a Day Podcast. Your Saturday crew, I'm Jason Perrone, along with Packer Reports, Mark Eckel and Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV's Paul Brettle. Paul, we'll start with you this week, since you're up in the Dairyland state of Wisconsin, and that is where I think there is a game that's being played later today. Is there not? Yes, there is, and I'm sure everyone is very excited about it. Weather-wise, it's actually pretty warm for this time of the year, oh, mid-30s. No. Uh you know, mid thirties, Mark. It's all relative. It's still still cold for those LA LA folks coming yeah, over. I wanted it in teens. Well, that would have. I'm with you on that one. That would have been ideal. But mid thirties for kickoff, and then it'll get into the I think mid high twenties by the time the game over. By the time the game ends. Yeah, that's kind of a man. You want the snowball game? Remember that cool game against Seattle in '07. That was a Saturday divisional playoff game, although that was the second yep. game of the day. So by the time the, they, by the time they kick off, it's dark because it's getting dark out there at what five o'clock, four thirty. Yeah. <laughs> good old winter, good old winter in Wisconsin, and then out east, Mark Eckel. What's what's going on over by the beach, Mark? Um, uh, today was pretty. It was during the day it was beautiful, about sixty maybe. Uh, now it's it's the it's getting a little cloudy. I think we, I think they're calling for a little bit of rain tonight. But it's been it's been high fifties, almost touching sixty, temperature wise. But like I said, I think we're going to get a little rain. Well, here in the Phoenix area, we're going to get some rain next week. There's rain forecasted in some way, shape, or form virtually all of next week. But for this weekend and for today, it's a high of seventy seven and sunny. There you go. So I might be watching this one on a patio somewhere, but. Green Bay Packers are going to host the Los Angeles Rams. Guys, we just found out this matchup officially. We had a good feeling after Saturday when the when the Rams upset the Seattle Seahawks. But we had yet to see what would happen with the Bears and Saints game on Sunday. The Nickelodeon game, as I call it, which is very fitting that they chose the Bears to go on Nickelodeon. But until that game was over, we didn't know what the matchup was going to be. And it's only really been five days since we we knew officially what the matchup was. But I have probably consumed about a month's worth of content for this game already. I don't know how you guys feel. Mark, this was is was your profession for a long time. What's the goal this week? Is the goal obviously traffic and advertising? You know, like you know, people you want people to read your content, but you have a huge matchup like this, and there's so many storylines. It's it's a little bit easier to write about. What's the goal from the media perspective? Well, again, I mean, it, it changed so much over the years. I mean, back back, you know, when journalism was journalism, it was just to write good stories, and you know tell people what was you know what's going on in the game yeah now it's about clicks and all that kind of stuff and yeah you want as much as you can get so you want that um you know the the, the angle that's that people want to read or what's going to make them read your story over the thousand other stories that are that are out there um and, and this is an easy one i mean this of the four games this weekend and again, we're we're probably a little prejudiced because we are Packer. You know, we're, we're Packer fans. We we write about the Packers. We talk about the Packers. But I think it's the most it's it's the it's the most um, attractive game. I'm not gonna say I'm, I don't know if, I don't know if it's gonna be the best game, but it's there's a lot. I mean, you 
you you have probably the offensive player. I mean, the the the, the most valuable player on offense and the most valuable player on on defense in this game, right? Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald. Yep. Um, which was the last time the the offense the the two MVPs were both named Aaron? Ever? Oh, probably not. Right. That's a good one. I'm not sure. Um, you know, so you, you know, it's it's a sexy game. It really is. I mean, and you have Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey, which is every, everybody's been talking about, and and you have two young top coaches who are also good, very good friends. So yeah, this is the uh, to me this is the the marquee game, I, and I, I'm 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 not surprised the game's on Saturday, but I I thought it would be the night game. Yeah. I thought they might save it for the end of the weekend and just torture all of us and have to wait. Well, we'll be waiting all day for Sunday night, essentially. But, Paul, when I'm you... Gl- when, I'm glad it's Saturday. Well, I, I don't mind it either. Because it's, at most, well, most, most of us typically have to recover quickly and get up and go to work the next day after a Packers game, and now you won't have to if you work weekdays. You so, Paul, when this was the, the matchup set for the Packers, when it looked like the Rams were going to pull off the upset against Seattle, knock the Seahawks out, which are... Seattle's been a tough opponent for Green Bay, was this an ideal scenario for you, or does it not matter who the Packers are playing? You know it's going to be tough, but was there anything in you that said either way, yay or nay? Uh, I'll be honest. Other than the Bears, I didn't really have a strong feeling about who I wanted Green Bay to play, and the reason I mentioned the Bears is because of the playoff teams. They would have, in my opinion, been hands down been the easiest matchup. Uh, but after them, I mean, even Washington, I know they're 7-9, and nine, but they have a really good defense. Um, in their own right, and I think that would have been the next easiest matchup. But there wasn't really any other team that stood out as like, oh, we have to play them, or oh, I'm scared of that team. So I was just, you know, last weekend was fun. You just got to kick back, relax, and just just see who was coming both field. And it's the Rams. And in case you guys didn't hear, um, Jalen Ramsey is going to be covering Devonte Adams. I didn't. I'm not sure if that was covered at all this week. Oh, that's right. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> tell me more about about him. <laughs> Yeah, right. But uh, it's 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 an intriguing matchup, as Mark said, because there's so many little matchups within it. There's the one I just mentioned, Aaron Donald versus you know Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, McVeigh, and uh, Lafleur, his former mentor. And then the other side of the ball, you got Jair Alexander, Robert Woods, uh, Andrew Whitworth, the tackle versus Z. I mean, there's just a lot of good individual matchups in here. But and that's been the the focus of a lot of the content this week, and understandably so. But it's the playoffs. It's a football's a team game. It's going to take all fifty-three uh, on this on both rosters to come away with the win. And a lot of the focus has been, you know, the number one defense for the Rams, number one offense for the Packers. But I think it's really going to come down to the other side of the ball. What are the Rams going to do on offense against this Packers defense? Yeah, when we were talking beforehand, and we'll get to this at the end, and we talk about where we see this game going and scores. I, I had a kind of an interesting take on how I see this one shaking out. And the biggest reason for it, and the biggest question is exactly that, Paul. How many points can the Rams score with Jared Goff, at quarterback, who practiced all week leading up to the Seattle game, even though he had surgery on his thumb, and there was obviously reasons not to play Jared Goff with you know, pins in his thumb, and, and he had maybe had some struggles, but he did practice all week. And this is a do-or-die game. This is, uh, you know, obviously it's a single elimination tournament, and Sean McVay went with, with John Wolford the backup and said, hey, we're going to take our chances with Wolford, even though you could potentially go Jared Goff. And you were the guy that just started a Super Bowl for us two seasons ago. So what the Rams offense is going to do is also going to be intriguing. And I think this is for those of us that have gotten excited about the Packers defense. And I think that's where we'll start our conversation 
is, you know, for those of us that have gotten excited about the Packers defense, this could be a game where we see them make some big plays. So in diving into it, let's let's go Packers defense versus Rams offense and kind of stay there. Like I said, Jared Goff will, will start at quarterback for the Rams. Cam Akers, the rookie, really found his footing against Seattle. How are things going to go against the Packers? The Packers are likely not going to have Kingsley Kiki. Kiki's really the only injury of note. We typically do the injury update, but we get the game day show this time. So Kingsley Kiki up front will not be there. The Packers did get did have Snacks Harrison in Week 17 against Chicago. So Snacks will be there to help with the rotational. But you got to count on guys like Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster. This isn't their first rodeo to step up and have a big game. And I guess starting up front, Paul, you mentioned the Rams offensive line. I think the Rams offensive line is one area where they're not known for being as stout or as great. Uh, you, Whitworth is good. But as far as, as that pass rush goes, this is one of those weeks where I really hope that Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Mike Pettin with the stunts that he's going to run really turns it up a notch and, and decides they're going to try to wreck this game because if it is Jared Goff and he doesn't run all that that great, you get pressure on him. This could this could turn out to be a really nice day for the Packers sooner than later. Yeah, I think what the Packers have to do is stop Cam Akers, the rookie running back from Florida State. So in in Akers' last five games, four of them, he's gotten 20-plus touches, including 28 carries and 29 carries in two games. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he's been – on a tear. I mean, he's had some good games in there, but there was a game against Carolina. He averaged 1.6 yards per carry on 21. McVeigh's going to stick with the run game, even if it is struggling, you know, and that's what uh, uh, getting ahead in this game can be helpful as well because it could help negate that. But I think the Packers have to put the ball in Jared Goff's hands, like you mentioned, Jason. Let the pass rush get after him. But also, Goff hasn't. Goff doesn't have a ton of experience in below freezing games. I think just two from what I saw. But he's completed just forty-seven percent of those passes, no touchdowns to five interceptions, and then also he still has that bad thumb. He's only like three weeks removed from that. So I think the Packers' game plan should be take away Cam Akers as much as they can, uh, take away those easy completions for Goff, and really, really try to make him beat you. You have Jair Alexander, who's been you know erasing half the field. Uh, Adrian Amos. Darnell Savage have been, you know, Pro Bowl safeties the second half of the season. They've they've been excellent together. So trust the secondary. You got the playmakers back there. Let the pass rush, one of your strengths, get after the quarterback and wreak some havoc. Yeah, the players have to make the plays, but the Sean McVay factor, because he knows all this stuff too. He's going to come in with a game plan and try to keep it simple for Jared Goff. He knows the ways that Jared Goff's going to wreck the game if he's going to ruin it at all. And I don't think he's going to put him in the position to have to do those things. Obviously, if they can establish the run, that's great. Kenny Clark up front is going to be really important. Set that edge, push that front back. I think if there's an area where the Packers front, I mean, in both trenches, and we'll talk about the Packers offensive line against the Rams defensive line too. Control the trenches, control the line of scrimmage. Mark, you've watched a lot of playoff football, and it always seems to come down, whether it was the 60s, the 50s, the 70s, or now, It the, the formula seems to come down to control that line of scrimmage, and and I think that's that's where McVeigh I think tries to get the ball out out of Goff's hands quickly uh, when he throws, and hopefully this isn't another game where for whatever reason the Rams run rough shot over the Packers and and Goff only has to throw the ball ten or eleven times. Well, right, and you're right. The 
the trenches are where games are won, not just playoff games, but even during the season. But, but also in the playoffs, more times than not, the better quarterback wins the game. And as Paul said, I, I wanted the Bears too because the Bears stink. The Bears didn't even belong in the playoffs, but um, I didn't think I was going to get the Bears. I thought the Saints would kill the Bears, and they did. Um, but I don't. That's why I didn't. I mean, if, if the choice was really Rams or or Buccaneers, I wanted the Rams because I'd much rather face Jared Goff than Tom Brady. I mean, like I said, I, in the in the playoffs, if you look, I mean, again, there, there's always going to be a, the upset, but more times than not, the better quarterback advances. Um, it didn't in, in Seattle. It didn't, but Russell Wilson really didn't didn't play great in in that game. Um, you know, Brady beat the kid from Washington who played his heart off, by the way, but Brady beat him. Um, you know, it's why Kansas City is a favorite because they have Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they're, you know, he's not bad either. Uh, so, I mean, I, you know, it's going to come down to, yes, putting the ball, like Akers, Rams are going to want to run, 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 run. You know, they're going to try to copy what San Francisco did to the Packers last year. But the Packers defense has gotten better against the run um, as this year has gone on. A month ago or a month and a half ago, I would have been really worried. And I'm, you know, I'm always concerned. But, you know, like like you guys said, the, 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 the defense were a little excited because they, they faced good running teams the last month, including the best running team, Tennessee. And kept Derrick Henry under 100 yards, which is not easy to do. Um, then they faced Mont- Montgomery, who was pretty, who was on a roll, and held him to what 69 yards or like a three point something yard per per carry. So, yeah, I want to see that same kind of defense. I want to see them contain Acres and make Goff with a bad thumb throw the ball more than he wants to, and 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 get a little pressure on him. And a bad thumb in cold weather isn't a good isn't good either right no and the more you the more you mention that mark the more i think about it you got with tennessee it wasn't just derrick henry there's aj brown Corey davis Corey davis didn't have any right. catches aj brown had one or two catches at all on the Rams side of things you've got robert woods cooper cup cooper cup listed as questionable he's going to play he's not going to sit out a playoff game but he's not going to be 100 percent. and then playing the role of johnny smith is tyler higby for the rams so it different teams but it's it's kind of a similar formula it, it almost like look you know if you want to from a confidence standpoint say hey we're capable of taking away two dimensions at one time paul you mentioned jair alexander erasing half the field i mean he has ascended into something really special and i hope that jair takes this game personal that he's a second team all pro and he's got to watch the first team all pro out there against his guy Devonte and try to shut him down and jair's just the type of guy that would would be kind of you know, kind of, kind of petty like that. I'm, I'm joking. I'm saying that tongue in cheek. I would be too. That wants to play well and step up and make a big play. If I'm Jared Goff, Mark, I think, I think the ask of the week for the other team, Mark, is typically you ask guys to take a week off, and, and I don't think anyone's going to take a week off this week. Maybe you, Mark, you should ask Jared Goff to try to test Jair Alexander. Say it out loud, and maybe, <laughs> and then maybe he'll, maybe he'll actually do it. No, I mean, your, your, your point is is 100 correct. There's. A lot of things. Well, to the be other quarterbacks. The Wolford's taking. He he's not playing. So he's out. Right. I, so he's yeah. He's out. I was kind of hoping Aaron Donald would take the week off. Yeah. I guess he's going to play. Not a chance. That would have been a good one. <laughs> he has not missed a game in his career, and so it'll be Blake Bortles backing up Jared Goff. If anything goes wrong, Blake Bortles comes in. Now Blake Bortles did 
plays the playoff football for the Jags before he started moving Put around the, the league. AFC Championship game and had had the lead in the, in the second half against New England a couple and, years ago. And, of course, blew it, right? The Belichick effect. So, well, New England, again, a better quarterback won the game. Right. Yeah, but I but the Packers defense. I this is this is a game too, and and I'll just ask you guys real quick too. Paul, we'll start with you as far as your as far as the turnover situation. Obviously, if, I think the Packers have a chance to get one, maybe even two in this situation. They've turned it up a notch. Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos at safety are are starting to play. They've got a little bit more of that dog in their play. I love it. Jair has always had it. Kevin King is even getting into the mix there punch the ball out if it's going to be cold and again it's not frigid freezing cold but it's cold for the rams get after that football because it's a little tougher to to hold that thing tight when you got sleeves and all these other things going on there how are you feeling as far as is how important knowing the rams aren't, aren't necessarily supposed to score a lot of points how important are turnovers in this game Uh, Incredibly. Everything in January gets kicked up a notch. You know, that turnover that hits you in October might not sting quite as bad as it does in January. And we know that Aaron Rodgers is going to take care of the football. The Rams, however, they they haven't taken care of the football very well this year. They have 25 turnovers. uh, Their offense does, which is the eighth most in football. And 13 of those have been Jared Goff interceptions. And as you alluded to, Jason, uh, as the old saying goes, turnovers come in bunches, and they are coming in bunches right now for this Packers defense. So I definitely think that that could be a, a key point and potentially a turning point within this game. Yeah, and Mark, I'm sure you echo the the exact same thing. Although, yes. I, I I mean, the, is this – the one thing that's been talked about amongst all the other billion things this week, and I think that it's true, in play, playoff football, the margin for error is a lot smaller, but can't have a turnover, can't have mistakes, got to play mistake-free football – because of the way that the Rams offense does struggle at times, I don't necessarily want to sit here and, and if we're in the third quarter, it's a close game and say they haven't gotten a turnover, we're, we're in trouble or or anything like that. Or even if the Packers turn the ball over and we're going to get to the Packers offense versus the Rams defense, which is maybe a different story. I, I think it's I think it's a situation where this could be because the defenses are both really good that we either see a couple coming both ways or we don't see any at all just because that's the way some of these games go. But as as far as the defense goes, is there anything that concerns you as far as the defense against the, the Rams offense? Uh, we've talked about Cam Akers, but as far as those receivers, Robert Woods, uh, it, does, does anything concern you in the passing game given that it's going to be Goff that's throwing the ball? Well, Goff, you know, it's funny. Goff and Carson Wentz were the top two picks of the what the 2016 draft yep right 2016 they were number one number two and they both got off the nice starts to to their career i mean um wentz in his second year was looking like the mvp before he tore his acl uh he got the eagles to the number one seed and then nick Foles, of course came in and won the super bowl and the following year um jared goff gets his team to the super bowl and they looked like, oh, that's why they were picked number one and number two. Right? Now Wentz, who knows what his future lies. I mean, he was benched for, for a rookie, Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, it, I guess he's coming. I, I guess Eagles are bringing him back because they got rid of Peterson. So uh, now Goff, as you pointed out earlier, Jason, was, I guess they'll say it was the thumb. And that's why he didn't start against Seattle. But. I don't know. I mean, was he benched? I mean, you could make the argument that he got benched, right? He practiced um, all week. Right. That's what I'm saying. He was they didn't they didn't list him as doubtful or anything, right? I mean he was so 
it's it's amazing that those two guys their their careers have kind of mirrored each other a little bit. Um, and it's funny also that the Rams we're talking about. I mean, when I think of the Rams, I think back to the Kurt Warner Rams, right? The greatest show on turf when they were still in St. St. Louis, and you know. Um, Marshall Falk and and those wide receivers they had Tory Holt, um, you know that was that was a, a crazy offense and then even just like you know and then McVay the, is an offensive guy right he, you know the Rams are you think of the Rams and you think of offense but all of a sudden in a matter of two years they they went from an offensive team to a like we're saying an offense that you're not that worried about but a defense that's very very good it's yep. kind of kind of strange how to how the Rams have this Ram team is nothing like the Ram team that went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. No, they're very different. And as far as parallels go, if Jared Goff is going to play the role of Carson Wentz, then I guess it's a good thing Wolford's not playing because it was Nick Foles that came in and won the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles a couple right. of years ago. And if you want another parallel, the last time these teams faced off, it was against the Kurt Warner Rams in St. Louis after the 2001 season. Oh. Brett Favre threw six interceptions, two of them for touchdowns against the Rams defense, which was very good back then, too, they ended up representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. We know they lost to New England. That started New England's meteoric rise after that year. But a lot of people expected the Rams to win that Super Bowl. They were supposed to. I think they were favored. So oh, it's been, heavy favorites. been a long, long time since. Well, do you these, remember Favre's quote after that game? Yeah, well, I would have thrown 10. Or yeah, some, no, yeah. I, I, if we would have got the ball back, I would have thrown another one. <laughs> yeah. He just, that was, you had, to, you had to live and die by, you had to live and die by the Brett Favre, you know, and, and Ben Fennell said something interesting on the Packaday um, show on Friday, which was Brett Favre's one of the rare quarterbacks out there in the history of the NFL that'll keep both teams in the game. So that was, that was the old. That was the old gunslinger. But, Paul, I'll ask you for your take on that because we are only two years removed from the Rams representing the, the NFC in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. It was kind of a lackluster championship game. It was very low scoring. New England ended up winning. But as far as the differences between between then and now, are you, Mark, are you echoing what Mark said there about the shift? This is a, a, a team that is very strong defensively, and then they've got a couple of good players on offense enough to at least you know keep the, keep the chains moving. Yeah, I think Mark hit the nail on the head with this one. It really is a stark contrast between this year's team and that Super Bowl team. Uh, But they still have a good, you know, you still can't take the offense for granted by any means. I do think that the Packers' defense can shut them down. In fact, that's what I think is going to happen. But, I mean, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, they have almost 2,000 yards combined receiving this season as well. So I know we're sitting here giving especially in the cold and the thumb doesn't help anything but this is an offense that can still produce even though they haven't as of late and we know that McVay is a a good play caller but it really is such a such a different team than it was two years ago from what we saw in the Super Bowl yeah big difference now but there's also well go ahead Mark no I never really answered your question you asked me what what's the one thing that does concern me well it'll be I mean I think the most important person on the Packer defense this week is Kevin King. Because um, Alexander can't cover both of those guys. I mean, he might be able to, but uh, if, even... <laughs> um, I mean, he can cover either one, but not at the same time. So, if Alexander's on Woods, King's got to do a good job against Cup, or vice versa. If And I, I think Alexander will probably be on Woods most of the time, but, I mean, they might split King, but you never know. King's got to be... King's got to bring his A game. He, he can't have one of them games where he's missing tackles and dropping interceptions and, you know, not just not 
play well. If, if King plays well, I think the Packers are, are in pretty good shape. Which is usually and another usually the case. I just wanted to say one other guy to uh, keep our eyes on, Shannon Sullivan, because both Cup and Woods will uh, they'll frequent the slot quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and Shannon Sullivan, you know, again, he, he's been an interesting figure this this year in terms of moving from that dimeback role last year into the nickel role this year and playing more, and we're seeing what he can do and some of the things that he doesn't do as well. But it's put up or shut up time now in the playoffs, and he's. He's going to have to play well. But as far as you know, we, we talk about the differences between the Rams from two years ago, what a, what a difference this Packers offense has undergone over the past two seasons. It's been a coaching change. They've settled into the Matt LaFleur offense. It's year two with Matt LaFleur. They've won 26 games to six losses. Aaron Rodgers has really settled in and playing within the system here. He's not going off script. This is not the type of defense that you want to see a quarterback doing that uh, against. So the game plan is going to be really important coming in as far as what the Packers are going to do and what they want to do. Let's just get the obvious out of the way first, guys. Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams, the large the prevailing thought out there is that Ramsey will shadow Adams. Adams is simply too dangerous. And when your season is on the line, you cannot afford to let the obvious things beat you. And that can very easily be number 17, whether he's covered or not covered. Jalen Ramsey did very well this season against other teams' number one receivers. They didn't really put up great numbers. Not very many touchdowns. I think Stephon Diggs had one. It was a short yardage catch. So as far as this matchup goes, because you, you know, Paul, you mentioned, we'll start with you. You mentioned Cup and Woods moving into the slot. They're going to do the same thing with Devontae Adams. So does that neutralize any of what Jalen Ramsey can do if he's got to move from playing an outside corner and, and whatever they're running, those quarters that they typically like to play? or when he's in the slot. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch, or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. I definitely think it'll make a difference. I'll be curious to see how often they send Devontae to the slot and how often uh, Ramsey follows, follows him there. So if Ramsey has about 1,000 defensive snaps this season, and 170 of them have come from the slot. So he's pretty much an out-wide corner, which we all knew. He will travel there. And last week against DK Metcalf, he was on him about 70% of the routes. So saying that, we, as we all expect, we should see a lot of Ramsey on Adams. But I think that that could be an opportunity to – get a different cornerback lined up on Adams. And not that Devontae needs a ton of help uh, creating space off the release, but typically there's more space in the slot uh, for the receiver to work initially than there is out wide where the corner could press up against you. So I think that that could be a good spot for Devontae to get some space, create a different matchup. 
But ultimately, I think the what it's going to come down to in terms of success for the Packers passing game is the other players that are going to have to step up. Uh, I mean, I, by no means I think Devontae is going to get shut down, but Ramsey's a very good cornerback. Devon, I, you know, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not anticipating a 12-catch, 120-yard performance for Devontae uh, to, uh, on Saturday. So that means Lazard, uh, Valdez Scantling, Robert Tunyon, Aaron Jones specifically. I think that they can find a lot of success with Jones out of the backfield, uh, getting into space against those linebackers, uh, pre-snap motion. I think that they can utilize him in the passing game. But it's really going to come down to what can the other guys do, what can the other guys provide if Devontae's, uh, you know, not doing his typical Devontae Adams-level production. One of the things you saw against the, the Rams that Seattle was able to do, and I don't think Jalen Ramsey was in the coverage, but the one time that he maybe wasn't covering DK Metcalf, Metcalf sneaks behind the defense and scores a long touchdown. It only takes one snap like that for Devontae Adams to find the end zone and get in there. And he's made some big catches and some big games. So I think the Packers are going to be very mindful of how they free him up, try to get him open there. I think he makes some some really good points as far as that goes. I think it's this is the Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Allen, Lazard game. I think Robert Tunyon is another weapon that Sean McVay is going to come in. I think Sean McVay might take a page out of Belichick's book here and say, look, we're going to take away Devontae Adams and Tunyon in the red zone. And good luck to these other guys because this other guy drops the ball all the time and and 13 13 hasn't made too many catches and 19 hasn't made too many catches against us. So if they can beat us in a playoff game, you know, best wishes to you. I, I just, I think... This is one of those times where Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Lazard are going to have to step up and play big games. I didn't mention Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams in the passing game. I think that's one thing that's really going to help the Packers offense is that element of the running backs become another or other wide receivers. Let's not forget Mercedes Lewis once in a while slips out. And when he does slip out, he does tend to he does tend to be open. He's not somebody that the defense is necessarily going to pay a lot of attention to. I don't know, Mark. Do you is it is it too obvious or too hyperbole to say, hey, Lazard and MVS have to step up here, given the fact that they're role players? Well, no, I wrote that. I, you guys were reading my story to back to me. I wrote the other day that those three guys, um, MVS, Tunyon, and Lazard, have to. I mean, at least one, two, or maybe all three of them have to play well because Adams I mean again I'm I'm with Paul I don't think I don't think Adams is going to have a you know 10 12 catch 100 and something yard two touchdown game I don't I, on the other hand I don't think he's going to have a one catch nine yard game either he's going to be in between somewhere but he's not going to he's not he probably won't put up the numbers that we're used to seeing him put up because Ramsey is that good um so yes and if if you look at the two games this year that Adams didn't play the Saints game and the Falcons game. Against the Saints, Lazard went wild. He had 143 yards. Against the Falcons, Tunyon had, I think, I forget how many catches, but he had three three touchdowns. So they've stepped up when Adams wasn't there. Well, he's going to be there, which will make it easier for them to step up because they're not going to, you know, Adams is still out there. I think a key is, isn't is necessarily those three guys. I mean, they are, I shouldn't say that. They are the key, but Aaron Rodgers has to be smart and he usually is but sometimes he tries to he has to realize i can't force it to adams if you know if adams is is if ramsey's all over him and it's and it's good coverage look away dump it off to aaron jones or find tunyon against him 
the Rams have had some problems with tight ends this year. Kittle killed them the one when San Francisco beat them the one game. Kittle killed them. The Eagles now they they, they beat the Eagles early in the year, but Zach Ertz had a big game against them, and both games against Arizona. Uh, Dan Arnold, who isn't even that good of a tight end, I don't think he's okay, right? I mean, he's nothing special. He had big games against them, so they have had. They've been hurt by 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 tight ends. So I think I'm looking for a big game at a at a, at a Tunyon this 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 week. That would be. I hope it happens. That would be one of those things where McVeigh would get beat up for that because Tunyon has has led. I mean, he he tied for the the league lead in touchdowns by a tight end. Did he not? I mean, he had. Yes. It was pretty close. It tied the Packer record as well. Yeah, and it, it, he so that's all he does is get into the end zone. He's got such good chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. So if that if the Rams are going to concede that because they're focusing so much attention on the wide receivers and the running backs, then the Packers' offense is he very well constructed. Very exactly. The defense the, is good. It ain't that good. There you go. And the Packers' offense is constructed then to beat basically any defense. This is one of those games where. It's this is going to be the real barometer if if the Packers are able to go out and do things against the Rams that other teams haven't done most of this season and are able to move on. Then when you get to the conference championship game and if they're fortunate enough to get onto the game after that, it's it's going to make for some really how do you beat Green Bay type of things. I mean, this is one of those seasons where the Packers have a legitimate championship formula team here going going up against the competition that they're going up against. So the Ramsey versus Adams Packers offense, like you said. Rodgers being smart. Aaron Rodgers this year, the, the thing that, that calms me with regards to that whole thing is that he just seems so locked in. And he's never not been locked in. He's a great player. He preps well. And that's something that he doesn't necessarily get as much, I guess, love for outside of Green Bay because maybe others don't know. I mean, Peyton Manning set a bar that was incredibly hard to get to in terms of prep and, and those types of things. But Aaron Rodgers is, you can just tell, he can smell it. He can feel it. He can taste it. There's going to be some more fans in the stands. They'll feed yeah, I'm, off. The, I'm the, the, you brought that up. There's going to be about eight thousand fans, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's going to be good. I'm glad. I'm. I'm also very happy for that. For not just for the eight thousand people that are going to be lucky enough to go, but it's going to be nice to hear. I mean, eight thousand isn't sixty six thousand or whatever. Whatever Lambeau holds, but it'll be. Won't it be nice to finally hear some. Go pack, go! Like real people saying, chanting and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean it, and it's gonna be it's gonna be genuine. It's not gonna be this ill-timed machine going off right. that's that's booing when there's like a penalty called <laughs> on the opposing team, <laughs> like it's been in some stadiums. I mean, Paul, what about just real quick? What about around the stadium? Does that does that change the vibe of what's happening around the stadium, or is it still pretty much locked down and you can't really? I get in a tailgate because of COVID and all those other types of things. Yeah, they're not allowing any sort of tailgating, but the the bars on Holmgren and all that have been open this year during games. So I imagine that those will be uh, folks will be enjoying themselves. And I'm excited as well. I assume everyone is that fans are going to be in attendance. The Buffalo game this last weekend, there were times where you could hear yes. uh, the fans through the television. So. Yeah. I'm ho- I'm hoping they're uh, eight thousand of the loudest season ticket holders that the Packers could find. Yeah, oh, I, and I know I know those bars are open. I might have inquired because you know someone might have plans of trying to be in Green Bay, even if I can't go to the game, to be in Uh-oh. Green Bay if if the if the, if the if the following game is played. So I'm just doing some research. That's all. Just due diligence, as I like to call it. So <laughs> all right, the other all right, the other big the other big matchup here. And Mark, I have a specific question for you because I've heard it uh, something said a couple times this week that I think you'll probably have an opinion on. Aaron Donald 
for the Rams going up against the interior of the, well, and wherever he lines up against the Packers offensive line. You've got an all pro, one of the best defensive linemen we've ever seen. And then you've got an all pro center in Corey Lindsley. You've got a pro bowl caliber guard in Elton Jenkins. You assume Billy Turner is going to be your left tackle. Jared Valdir won't play. He's on the COVID. He's on the COVID uh, reserve list. So he uh, fortunately, unfortunately will not be available to the team this week. Fortunately did not seemingly spread it to anyone else. Thank goodness. Cause that was my biggest concern when that news came out, but I've heard some Aaron Donald, Reggie white comparisons, Mark, and he is a special player. He's never missed a game. He's got this rib injury. I've, I've seen it described as broken cartilage, dislocated rib, whatever it is. It's probably going to make him uncomfortable. He's going to wear a flak jacket. He's still going to play. And I think he's still going to be really, really good. But it's been a long time since we've, we've seen a defensive lineman coming in to play the Packers, taking up this much of the storyline. Yeah, no, he's the best today. There's no doubt about it. Um, Reggie, now, see, now you're <laughs> – to me, Reggie's the greatest player I've ever covered. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who's second, but Reggie is – he's just a great – I mean, it was unbelievable covering him. I mean, I know Troy Aikman said it last week, I think, that uh, I played against Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White, and I think Aaron Donald is – I don't know if he said better or as good as whatever, but Aikman's one that threw out the Reggie-Lawrence Taylor com- comparisons. I mean, they're different. Um you know, Reggie played end. He was outside. Donald's inside. Um, so, I mean, it's – it's. listen, Aaron Donald, I'm, I can't say he's better than Reggie. I'll, I'll never say anybody's better than Reggie. Um, but he's he's as good as there is the last whatever many years. I'll, 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 I'll give him that. He's um, – and he's – it's amazing because I remember when he went – I remember his draft. And uh, he was coming out of pit. And the rap on him was, yeah, he's very good, you know, he, and he'll get some pressure, and you know, he's this and that. But, but his size was a major, yep. major concern to some that. teams that he's just not that big. But man, he, I guess he didn't have to be because <laughs> he's he, he is he's great. He's a great, great, great player. Well, I mean, if he went if he wins this year, what will it be his third or fourth um, defensive player of the year award? Gosh, does he have two already? Oh, he has at least two. I think he might. This will be three or four. Yeah, he's right. Well, he's he's been really good. I mean, he's been he's been really good. So now that we know, I guess now that we know that it's largely going to be the interior of the line, you would do, do they move him around and do they try to line him up on an on a you know less experienced Lucas Patrick to try to get a more favorable matchup? I assume the Packers well, Lindsay are will be, still double him. Yeah, and Lin, Lin, Lindsay's still there, but Lucas Patrick's going to be your right. Double. I mean, Donald's not going to get single cover. I mean, whether it's Patrick or Jenk, I, I would assume Lindsley's always going to be shading toward him. Sure. Right? I mean, you have to. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You definitely do. But the other thing, too, is you've got Michael Brockers and... Good Leonard, player. And, uh, right? Brocker, Brockers and... Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd on the other edge. So, and Floyd is playing... I've never never saw him play this well with the Bears, and he always seemed to play really well against the Packers. But this is the Leonard Floyd the Bears thought they were drafting, and whatever the Rams have unlocked in him is has finally gotten his potential out there. So the the line is going to have its its work cut out for him. If you're double teaming one guy, that means another guy's got maybe a one on one matchup, and any of those guys can 
can really kind of wreck it. And they're playing is you know they're playing well against the run. They're they're getting after the passer, and that's the one thing I think that worries me the most is is if Aaron Rodgers gets panicky and points are coming at a premium because the Packers have scored on their opening drive in almost every game but one or two. So if they they go two or three possessions without scoring and you get this sense of urgency and they're constantly you know one possession up and there's just there's never that comfort level which is what you have to expect in the playoffs does that pass rush rattle Rodgers and and then that kind of that kind of gets gets after the offense Paul I don't know if you see that as a as a potential issue I mean it could be a potential issue I don't know if that's something that's necessarily at the top of your worry list yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen the Packer offense pretty much dominate the season, and the the few or two instances where they really didn't was against Tampa Bay and the second half against Carolina. And in both those games, the offensive line struggled with the with the pass rush. The Rams this season, they're uh, third in pressures, their defensive front is, first in sacks, and during the regular season, they only allowed 3.9 yards per carry, which was the fourth fewest in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Aaron Donald draws much of the attention as he should, but there's Michael Brockers, as you mentioned, Leonard Floyd has 10.5 sacks. He primarily lines up on the the defense's left side, so he's going to face Rick Wagner pretty often uh, on Saturday, which is is what I'm guessing. And so the Packers are going to have to, you know, provide help, like you mentioned, Lindsley, um, some tight ends lined up to help the tackles as well. And then Rodgers can help them with the quick passing game, getting the ball out. Running between the tackles might be tricky, but I think with that outside zone running scheme, getting uh, Jones in space against those linebackers once again, I think that is the weak point of this defense and something that the Packers can exploit. But, no, it's definitely going to be a, a, a tall task for this offensive line who doesn't have David Bakhtiari, but they've held up well all year. And I mean, they missed Bakhtiari for a few weeks early on. There's been constant shuffling, number of injuries that they've had to deal with. So it's certainly going to be a challenge. Not saying that it's not, but really there's nothing that we've seen from this offensive line unit this year to make me think anyways that they aren't up for it or won't be able won't be able to handle it not saying that's going to be a dominant or necessarily pretty performance but i think that they're certainly up for the task with valdir if rick wagner breaks down and can't finish the game you could move billy turner back to right tackle and put valdir in at left tackle or put valdir in at right tackle keep billy turner at left tackle now if Rick Wagner goes down, you don't have Valdir available to you. And you are looking at the potential of if you don't, for whatever reason, feel comfortable with another option at, at right tackle, maybe have to move Elton Jenkins around, which which right. then leaves that middle of the defense open. And you're you're looking at, you know, I, I, you're looking at a John Runyon coming in and, and playing. He's a rookie playing in a big spot in a playoff game. You're looking at a, a, a Yosh Nijman, for example. I mean, I'm just throwing some names out there. That's that's how thin it was before the Valdir signing. And when he was signed, I wasn't excited that, oh, hey, this guy's going to come in and start right away. Awesome. Here's your right tackle. No, I knew it was a depth thing. And it was that. I think that's why you signed Jared Valdir. And kudos to Brian Gutekunst for pulling the trigger on that. That was a really nice loophole that he found there. And I wonder if, if in the offseason that there isn't some changes made to the practice squad to give teams an opportunity to get guys like this. But Mark, that's, you know, I mean, no, I agree with you, Jason. I, yeah. I thought, I thought Valdier was the the best insurance policy since the Rogers rate. 
So, <laughs> Mark said um, that one holstered all the time. I'm waiting for you to bring Veldir up just so I can use that. Um, but, yeah, and it's a shame. I mean, my God, you get him, and, and then I was I wasn't like crazy excited, but I was like, wow, what a what a great pickup! Like, who who would have thought? You know, I, you watched him play for the Colts, and you said, hey, I didn't even know he was back. I didn't even know I didn't know he was on the Colts. How about that? They they picked him up, and then. You know the loophole that this 2020 season is, where he was he wasn't even on the 53. He was on a practice squad and got elevated for the game, and he could have set history in being the first player to ever play for two teams in the in the play. And he still could, I guess, if he, you know, if he's better by next week. If the Packers win and he's better, he, I guess he could maybe play against playing the NFC Championship game or Super Bowl. But I thought it was a, what a great move, and for the same reasons, um, you have you have a backup, no matter who gets hurt. If anybody, if any of the five were were to get hurt, you you have a very good six man ready to go in. Not just like you mentioned Wagner because he hasn't been. But if Patrick if Patrick broke down, well, you move um, Turner inside and you put put him at tackle. You know, I mean, you you just had a nice option there. Well, now you don't have it this week. Let, let me and I I hope I'm I'm going to say a little prayer that this doesn't come back to to haunt me, but yes, the Ram, I, all those numbers Paul gave about the about the Rams and their sacks and their pressures and all that kind of stuff, they're great. But six of their games came against the Seahawks, who have a terrible offensive line, the Cardinals, who have a horrible offensive line, and the 49ers, who offensive line was wrecked this year with injury, and so they and so as it turns out they didn't have a good offensive line. So they did face they they did have six games against. And I saw a stat where, like, was it more than half of, I think, didn't Floyd have, like, six of his sacks come against Seattle this year? Oh, I don't know. That that would be interesting. Yeah, I think it was. Okay. Something like that. So, yeah, taking nothing away from those players. They're all, you know, Floyd, Brockers, and Donald were all number one picks. They're all in, all in the top half of the first round, I believe. They have, I mean, Floyd was top ten. Um, Bears actually moved up to get him. Uh, Brockers was right around in the early teens, I think, because he was the same year as Fletcher Cox, I, I remember. Um, and Donald, of course, was a high pick and, you know, deserves it. But just keep that in mind. Like, they, they did face, and that's just that's just six games. I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, they also played the Eagles, who offensive line was a disaster. So that's seven games against bad offensive lines. And I, don't, and I don't know their whole schedule off the top of my head, but they faced some bad offensive lines. The Packers' offensive line isn't bad. Even without Bakhtiari, they're, it's still above average, I think. Yeah, given that, given that all the preferreds are able to start and finish the game, and it's going to be a physical one, so this is going to test. It's going to test everybody, but up front, that's one area where the Packers are now thinner and really can't afford any more shuffling around. You want to keep guys where they've been good, and then live to fight another week. Hopefully, Jared Valdir's got a mild case of COVID. We all saw how long AJ Dillon was out when he had COVID. Because Jared Valdir is going to be needed. The Packers are going to need that depth if they're fortunate enough to play beyond. It can't be this too. Week. It can't be too severe, right? Because he was. I mean, I, again, I'm speaking from experience by my myself, but I mean, he was there. I mean, it's not like he he got sick. Like he didn't. I don't think he knew he had it till they till the test came back, right? Well, he described some symptoms. Oh, okay. Yeah, he described some symptoms apparently to the trainer. And gotcha. and so then that's where they said, okay, well, let's test you, and and it came back positive. So if you're having symptoms, 
that's that's tough because you know right. they, they could potentially they oh. could potentially blow up and and get real bad and and you're talking about um you know the the oh, I'm believe me I know yeah you know you know you you had you had it and you dealt with it in your way I had it mine were I was way more asymptomatic than anything I only lost my sense of smell so it's just different it's a weird it's a weird right. thing it affects it's, everybody differently yeah it's a hopefully weird thing. he has it very mild like you said and he can if the Packers win, he'll be able to play in the in the in the title in the NFC title game. Yep, exactly. Which, if the Packers are able to take down the Rams, will be also be at Lambeau Field, which will be the first time that the Packers have hosted an NFC Championship game since following the 2007 season. Brett Favre's last as the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers has never had the opportunity to start an NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field. He has long wanted one for a long time. And that is what is in his sights, and that's why I said I think Aaron Rodgers is just too locked in. I don't, I don't see him having a rough, rough game. But you know, the Rams' defense is going to give him maybe one of the stiffest challenges he might see the rest of the way, regardless of of who they might end up playing after that. But as far as how this thing shakes out, interesting thing about the line, Mark. Unless I'm looking at it wrong, I still see six and a half. Is that what yep. you've got? I yep. thought I thought it would move. I thought it would get much smaller as we got closer to game time, and maybe Jared Goff being named the starter for the Rams as, as just not allowed that line to move much, but the Packers are still six and a half point favorites. So Mark, we'll start with you. How do you got this one shaken out? I think the, I'm, I'm picking the Packers. Um, I think it's going to be, and, and like you said, that, that six and a half, I didn't think it would open that. I thought it would be a four, four and a half, somewhere in, in that range. And it opened it, it opened it. It, it did touch seven at, at one point, I think, but, it's been six and a half most of the week and the over under we, we talked about this be, before we started the podcast. That's a low number. It's like 45 and a half or 46, depending yep. where you look. Yep. I don't think the Packers have been under 50 all year with the over under. Now every game hasn't gone over, but um, they're usually in like 50. They've had the games where it have been 56, 57. So that tells me two things. One that the Packers cover and two that it goes under. So if you want to score, I'm going to say Packers 24, Rams 14. Yeah, 24-14, that's, that's a lo- much lower scoring than we're used to seeing. But again, it's playoff football, so no surprise, especially when you've got two really good defenses. Paul, what do you got for Packers, Rams, divisional round? So as we've seen this week, the, the magic number for the Rams offense is at 20-point mark. And... I just don't think they're going to get there. The Packers' defense is peaking at the right time. Uh, We discussed how their run defense is playing. They're coming away with turnovers. Pressures are up. They've been absolutely ridiculously good in the red zone the last three weeks. Only three touchdowns allowed on 12 trips by their opponents. In the cold, Goff's bad thumb. I just don't see that offense putting up a lot of points And uh, for the Packers' offense. It's going to be tough sledding. I don't see this by any means being a game where they blow out the Rams. It's going to be one of those games where the Packers are up, you know, up three points, up six points, up seven points. It's always a game, but ultimately they're going to come out on top of the win. I got Packers 24, Rams 16. All right, so we got 24-14, 24-16. I am doing what I usually do, which is raining on everyone's parade. I'm picking the Packers. Picking the Packers. I'm not picking them to lose. Packers are going to win this game. But I've got I've got a Packers 28, Rams 22. And the only reason the Rams get 22 points is because I think the Packers shoot themselves in the foot somehow and end up giving up some points that they shouldn't. 
to the Rams. We've seen Green Bay make some mistakes before. We know all about the special teams, which we've we've managed to avoid talking about up until this point in this entire podcast, which is just fine with me. Uh, by the way, kudos to Mason Crosby. He made every field goal uh, that he tried in the regular season. So surely he'll miss a critical one now in this, this game because I said it out loud. But that's that's the only reason why I see the Rams scoring as many points as they will. It might be one of those things where it's not as close as the scoreboard shows. But I, I think the Packers get the win here. They're just too focused, too dialed in. They're at home. The weather, the fan atmosphere, all the the, the Rams are banged up. I think I think their you know their big shining moment came when they handed Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson their first ever playoff loss in Seattle together as a tandem in all those years. So I've got Packers twenty eight twenty two. It's a clean sweep. From your Saturday Pack-A-Day crew, picking the Packers to beat the Rams, which then means, gentlemen, we will be back next week and probably doing the injury update again, although we will be previewing if there's a game in some way, shape, or form. The Packers well, hosting the NFC. Let's take it a step further, since we all picked the Packers to win, who are they going to play next week? Saints. Saints, Thanks. New Orleans. Okay, I've got. Yep, we're I've all got, in agreement again. I've, <laughs> I've got New Orleans as much as everyone wants. Rogers, Brady, and all that good stuff there too. I just, I don't think New Orleans is is gonna. I'll take Sean Payton at home over Bruce Arians on the road, and that's just that's another thing that they don't step on the field, but they're obviously a big part of the of the team, the prep. So I've I've got Packers Saints in the NFC Championship game if it shakes out the way that it should. So a lot of good stuff coming up this next week, and we will be back. Again, next Saturday, the only thing left to do is watch the game. I know we'll be in touch during the game, gentlemen. So enjoy, everyone, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. Scream your lungs out. Be safe and go, Pack Go.